Well, nobody ever gives me a damn call. Pisses me off. I'm like, I give you my phone number. Nobody calls me. It's very weird. What it does, though, is it increases the reply rate by almost 35%, right? So the first email you get when you go to NathanLeica.com and opt in, you'll get an email with the subject line that says, hey, which gets about a 75.4% open rate. And there's no links to click in it. It just says, hey, I have five or 10 minutes. Shoot me a quick reply. How'd you find me? And then it says, P.S., if we've already met, here's my phone number. Feel free to call me, right? Like I'm talking to a friend, right? That's the key. And I get almost a 39% reply rate. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today, I have a very exciting guest. His name is Nathan Latka. He's the former founder and CEO of Heyo, which helps you create Facebook contests, sweepstakes, and mobile-optimized landing pages, um, and a lot more than that. But uh, I, I think the big thing about Nathan over here is I think he's a big-time entrepreneur to watch. He has a lot of aspirations, and he also has one of the top-ranked podcasts, which is ironically called The Top. Nathan, <laughs> are you ready to take us to the top? I am, Eric. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you tell us all a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do? Yeah, so I'll do this super fast and then let you grill the hell out of me. So I, you know, at 19 was studying architecture at the top ranked architecture program in the country, which was Virginia Tech. I quickly realized, though, Eric, as you remember, back in 08 and 09, the big financial crash, right? Yep. So nobody was hiring architects. And I remember overhearing fifth years when I was like, you know, a sophomore complaining they couldn't get jobs. And I said, I mean, you probably have listeners like this. I'm like, I'm not putting myself through five years of freaking college. It's just expensive and to not have a guaranteed job at the end, right? So I went home that night and I started just, I, I, I never forget, I was wearing boxers my ex-girlfriend had bought me in my 12 foot by 10 foot white cinder block dorm room. Uh, you remember those hustle days, right, man? Yep. <laughs> so I started just cold calling people online that had fan pages. And I sold, I was basically selling them for 700 bucks a pop. They paid me via PayPal. And over six months while I was still studying, I sold a hundred of those at 700 bucks a pop. So my PayPal account was getting really big and got very exciting. And um, long story short is I had no idea how to actually build a fan page. So I started refunding everybody and then said, Nathan, come on, dude, don't be so freaking lazy. And I taught myself how to code. So Eric, I'm actually curious real quick. Do do you code at all? Uh, I code a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So I taught myself this thing. I like to think this makes me a developer, but developers listening are going to roll their eyes when (laughs) I say this. I taught myself FBML, which I thought is like really cool, but it's Facebook markup language, which most people don't even consider real coding, but whatever. A business guy doing it, I was proud of that. So anyways, I coded this stuff, built it, then eventually found two full-time co-founders. This is when I turned 20. Over the last four years, we grew the team to 25 people. We grew to 10,000 monthly paying customers, raised 2.5 million bucks of venture capital from a Forbes billionaire, and uh, did over 5 million bucks in revenue. So that was up till about February of 2016, or about two or three months ago. And uh, we just recently actually, Eric, sold it to our number one competitor. So that is, that is my life so far in a nutshell. All right. And how much did you sell Heyo for? Yeah, so people always ask me this. And you know, Eric, I get hit 
so hard on this all the time because I don't know if you listen on my show. What do I do usually? You grill people. Anyways, I grill people because so many people lie about their success. That's really weird. I don't know why they do it. But here's uh, on the Hayo exit. So it just happened about four months ago. I have an NDA that does eventually expire in terms of the total sale price. So I can't share that. What I can share with you, though, is the information that I just articulated around number of customers and total revenue. And I can also share with you the the uh, the, uh, the multiple on top line revenue on the exit was well over 10x. So it was a really healthy exit for a software company. Awesome. Great. And yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. Let's, let's go back to your podcast for a little bit. You know, you are the being on your podcast. <laughs> you're, literally, I was th- th- this was the only podcast that I've ever had to prepare for because I knew you were going to grill me. Um, so that's I mean, you know, you get through all the, the, the BS quickly. And I think everybody should listen to it. So everybody, you know, we'll drop this in the show notes, pay attention to, to the talk. Well, dude, and, and I didn't, I don't know if you know this, dude, I, I actually started the show mainly for me, just because I, you probably see this too. You're in the Valley, aren't you in San Francisco? Oh, you're in LA. Okay. Even, okay. LA is probably even worse, but people, they like, they talk big games all the time and you never know who to actually study. Cause you don't know who is actually having success. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's the point of the show. 15 minutes every day, get the top entrepreneurs on, including, you know, billionaires like Tim Draper from, from California and just hit them hard on, on the numbers. That's it. Let's talk about that billionaire investor that you get. How did you go about getting somebody like that under your wing? Yeah. So great question. And in fact, this is like when people talk growth hacking, I mean, this is it folks. It's really, really simple. I use a few tools first to look up anybody's email that I want. Eric, you probably have tools like this, right? Absolutely. What do you use? What's your top one? Email hunter right now. Okay. Me too. Email hunter dot is it I think it's dot IO. Yeah, it might be .io.com, whatever it is. Just yeah. Google email hunter. You guys will find it. We'll drop it in the great. show notes. It puts a little red circle target thing on almost every website. And when you click it, it basically lists all the emails associated with that domain. And if you know the CEO's name, you then know what email there is. Then you cold email them to get a response. That's what I did with Tim Draper, again, who was, uh, he's raised about $10 billion. I think he's one of the most powerful and influential VCs in the entire world. You know, invested in Elon Musk before anybody else. Big, big deal. So anyways, I cold emailed him, Eric, and uh, he replied. I told him what the show's about, and I got him on, and that turned out to be episode 129. Are you cool if I share the, the link to that? Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll yeah. drop that in the show notes. That one was incredible, by the way. Yeah, it, it, that one was nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 129. And Eric, I'm curious because I know you listen to a bunch of them. Why do you like that one? I think, you know, for a guy like Tim Draper, you, you mentioned he's he's invested in Elon Musk, a lot of different people. Yourself, I find you to be, you know, you, you're on to do great things as well. So I think he just had a lot of interesting stories to share. And I think, you know, oftentimes when I read or when I hear about people's stories, that's when I learn the most. It's funny, those questions I was asking about, like how much he's raising and all that. He's going, Nathan, like I think the SEC is going to come at me hard after this interview. You're getting me to share all these numbers I probably shouldn't be sharing. <laughs> totally. So, I mean... The big thing is this, right? I, I think, you know, whenever I look to hire people, I'm always looking for the people that are voracious learners. You know, you, you look at people like Warren Buffett, they're reading five plus hours a day. You know, talk about your, your learning habits. You know, why are you so motivated to learn so much? Well, I'll say this. There's like a time to learn and there's a time to earn, right? So right now, I, am, I just sold the business. I'm very much in learn phase, right? Uh, now, there's a few things I'm doing that I think will surprise people that are generating a lot of money, but, but I'm really in learn phase. And the only reason... Like the only way you can truly get in learn face is if you have a blank calendar, right? Busy, broke people typically have colorful calendars that they open up on their iPads and brag about how all the appointments are back to back and there's like 30 of them in one day. You know what I mean, right? Eric, you have those friends? Yep. So, but people that are wealthy have blank calendars because a guy like Warren Buffett, what he will do 
is he gets rich because he can take advantage of real-time information based off what he's studied over 80 years and make a smart decision faster than anybody else. People listening right now with busy schedules, right? And you think maybe that's driving you to be successful. The fact if a relevant piece of information came up and hit you right now, you might not be able to take advantage of it because you have meetings the rest of the day versus someone who has free time can take advantage of that information now. And then the, the cherry on top is if you're like Warren and you read five hours a day, each book is like a new piece of kind of knowledge and that knowledge compounds. The more knowledge you collect, the better you can use that knowledge in real-time scenarios. So I respect what he's doing. I am also now reading about a book a day. I'm, I'm reading about 400 pages a day and that's what I'm, that's what I'm in right now. Got it. Okay. And what do you recommend? I mean, what process do you recommend to people that might have like a nine to five and they, they're unable to, you know, kind of control their time as much? What would you do there? Yeah. I mean, you, you have to figure out a way to control your time. And unfortunately, there's not a quick one liner or a sexy info product I can wrap that up and sell it to you in. But it just comes, I mean, part of it comes down to discipline. Like those of you listening going, Nathan, what you're saying is so unfair. I have three kids. Like I have to put food on the table. I'm only making, you know, 80K and my spouse is making, you know, 50K. Like I don't have time to read a whole book a day. Well, you just start small, just start small. For example, when I first started this, I got into a habit every Sunday night. Okay. I would sit down and cancel as many meetings as I possibly could in the upcoming week. Cancel them. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you just don't need when you really focus on, okay, what am I trying to get out of this week and all these unnecessary meetings? So just start there and you'll start to free up more and more of your time. Yeah, I find it to be incredibly liberating. You know, I use, you know, there's a lot of scheduling tools out there. What do you use, Eric? I use, uh, I use Schedule Once. There's Calendly out there. I mean, what do you use? Yeah, Schedule Once. Okay. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, what I do is, uh, you know, I'll block off most of my Wednesdays now. And then sometimes I'm even blocking off, you know, Friday afternoons now. And it's, it's incredibly, you know, it's incredibly liberating to, to be able to do that and be able to control, you know, kind of your week. And, you know, the more you block off, the better, obviously, right? That's right. Cool. All right. Now, well, tell everybody how old you are right now. Dude, I just have to tell you something real quick. You are a freaking genius. I just found your LinkedIn profile and the way that you put projects at the top with the link that goes right to your land. This is freaking genius. I just have to say that. <laughs> Thanks so much. Why don't people teach that? See, I mean, more people need to follow and study everything you're doing. I love that. Sorry, what was your question? I was distracted by your brilliance. No, it's, it's the same to you, man. <laughs> the, question, the question is, how old are you right now? Oh, just turned 26. 26. So here, here's the thing, right? You know, one of, uh, one of my employees, uh, Tom Lambert, used to work for a company called Blitzmetrics. And I just want to tell everybody how motivated this, this guy was uh, in the past where Nathan did not know anything about marketing, but literally tried to devour everything about it. And now, uh, you know, he's become a star in, in terms of marketing. He's learned everything about it. And I want to talk about webinars and how they've worked out for you. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, totally. One of the things is, I just have to put this out there. I know there's people like Lewis House that love to, and, you know, love to sell a course on how anyone can do a webinar. Here's the facts. Most people are boring as hell. Okay, have you ever listened to a Salesforce webinar? Absolutely. Oh my Lord Terrible. have mercy. You fall asleep two minutes in. It's like some boring corporate person giving it that hates their job that just can't wait to get to the demo screen at the end to collect new leads to put in their Salesforce and try and close more deals and meet their quota. It's horrible. So Eric, the reason it works for me, and I think it probably works for you too, it just naturally jives with, with who I am, right? Like I'm a performer, I'm an entertainer, I'm really smart, right? So I can, I can put information inside of the entertainment to really deliver value. So this won't work for everyone, but I will tell you, we drove over four and a half million bucks in sales at Heyo solely through webinars. That was our main growth channel by far. And we would do a few things. So the main reasons webinars don't work for people and those maybe listening right now going, Nathan, I've tried this, but you might say, I can never fill up a webinar. How do I get people on it? Or you might say, Nathan, I get a few people on it, but they leave halfway through. Or you might say, Nathan, they come on, they stay, they, and then I don't know how to ask them for money or sell. Or you might say, Nathan, I go on, I sell, but no sales come in. 
those are all barriers of people to really understand and do webinars well. So starting with the first, Eric, first off, are you, dude, are you doing like weekly and, and, and maybe monthly webinars? Yeah. So, you know, for the first quarter, I was doing them, them every week or so. But now, you know, the, obviously there's other stuff uh, that are other projects that I have in line. So not so much anymore. Okay. Well, yeah. So the, you know, the key thing on getting web people to, you know, do webinars for you, it's just, this is called a snowball effect. Okay. So when I first started, Hey, let's say we only had a hundred people on our list. I would email 10 other people who I thought maybe had about a hundred people on my list. And I would say, Hey, we're looking to feature somebody that really understands email marketing. Can you come on and teach about email marketing and social media? Right. Mm. And in exchange, if you do that, we'll, I will email my list about you and you email yours deal. And, you know, one out of two people would say yes to that. So I, but here's the trick, right? Because everyone thinking right now is going, wait, so I just swap every time I don't get leverage there. Well, keep listening. Here's how you get leverage. You get 10 people to come on the same one webinar that you're doing. And you give them each five minutes to teach their number one tip in social media or email marketing or whatever your niche is. They are each sending out one email with only your link to the webinar to their community, you're sending only one email out to your community with 10 links in it, right? So that is a quick way to 10x your followers. If you invite 10 other people with about your list size, tell them you'll email for them. The thing is, though, maybe they do or don't realize this, is you're sending one email with 10 links in it, and each of the 10 people you get to commit are sending dedicated emails out on your behalf. Eric, does that make sense? Totally makes sense. What do you call this tactic? Oh, man, I don't know, dude. There's not a sexy word for it. You should name this thing. It works. The, the 10x partner rule. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is something people don't talk about often. I think. I think we definitely. You know, this is something we're we're gonna break out for sure. Um, and we're gonna steal that name. So we're we're gonna steal that the 10x partner rule right there. Why don't? Yeah, Eric. I don't know. People are always, I think, scared to talk about this kind of stuff. But this is like when push comes to shove. This is what it comes down to. No one's just gonna email you for free. They have opportunity costs. You have to convince them. And usually, the easy way to do that is say, "I'll email for you." But where you get leverage is put multiple people in one email. That is a golden. So, you know, you've, you've done, you've, you've done Hale, you know, you're, you're studying right now, you're doing all this stuff. You know, I've, I've heard about you and what, I've even joined one of your webinars to learn about what you're doing next. So wh- what is next for you? What, what do you kind of see in the future? I'm curious from that webinar, what perception did you get in terms of what I'm doing next? If you had to guess? Well, you know, you did do, you know, the webinar portion and you, you did a pitch afterwards. So I thought this was just kind of to see, you know, you kind of testing the, the info market world because I yeah. know you're kind of, you know, against it. Uh, but I wanted to see you. I, I think you were just testing it from a, from like a marketer's perspective to see how it worked out for you. I'm probably psychotic, to be honest with you. Anytime I can get a live audience, I just like play tricks on them while delivering amazing value. I just love doing that. I just, it's so fun for me to track human behavior live. So that's exactly what I was doing there. Like you might remember at the pitch, I was like, listen, like, I don't need your money. I don't want any of you to sign up. And guess what? I'm going to get pissed off if you email me and ask for a refund because too many people buy shit they don't need and they ask for a refund and they don't even open it, right? Or log in. So I was just having fun. I was like doing the anti-sale on that just to see if that whole approach worked. But yeah, what I'm doing next, okay, is number one, I want to do something big and tough and really challenging because I'm 26. I'm not married, no kids, no house, no car. No, I can literally be anywhere and do anything. I'm financially fine, so I don't even need a paycheck, right? So I'm studying, and it's really weird, Eric, what is happening. As I've created all this free time, there are just things that are hitting me that are like money coming in. For example, sponsors have been begging to come on the show, the podcast. I finally said yes to a few, right? That's making some interesting amounts of money. I'm taking money I made and I'm putting it in real estate. I'm considering build, you know, a, building a private Airbnb concept where I'm going to buy my own little hostel. Like it'd be, it'd be basically a luxurious, lack is luxurious living, right? Something crazy. But it would be like a luxurious Airbnb where I have a unit in LA, a unit in New York, a unit in DC, and 
unit in Austin. And that way I can never pay rents because I don't think people like us, by the way, want to pay rent. I think we want experiences. So kill my two grand per month rent. Instead, just pay a grand to my site, basically. And I can go just stay in these units in these cities and I can move around whenever I want. So I'm building, I guess to sum this up, Eric, I'm investing a lot in building things that I want. And I just know if I just talk about it on podcasts like this, other people are going to reach out and say, Nathan, dude, I want access to that. How do I get it? Totally. Yep. Totally makes sense. And I, I guess, you know, you coming up with these different ideas, uh, you know, one question that comes to mind for me right now is what are you reading exactly? If you gave us like a top three. Mm. You know, people ask me that all the time and it's so difficult for me to do that. I'll tell you, let me tell you about the system of how I'm reading. So it's a billionaire's biography and then a strategy book, billionaire biography, strategy book. So seven books a week in that schedule. When I, to retain information, actually use it. When I read a bit like yesterday, for example, I read a book on Red McCombs, who's a billionaire. He founded iHeartRadio and Cumulus Radio and car dealerships in San Antonio. I will then act like him all the next day. So if he, if in the book it said he typically wears XYZ, I wear X, Y, and Z. If it said he eats this, 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 if it said it wakes up at this time, I wake up at that time. And then I do, I just try and emulate him because when I actually physically manifest what that billionaire does, it helps the knowledge they have that I read in the book actually stick with me because I tie it to the muscular kind of motion of what, who they were as a person. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Yeah. So I do that. And then I read the strategy book and then implement, right? So billionaire book, strategy book, implement. And that pattern right now is working well for me. I'll tell you the last three books I read. So uh, Lee Atwater, uh, one called Bad Boy. Bad, this Bad Boy book, you're not going to find online, really. Uh, this is because I had to do a lot of research to find out this guy's name. But this is Donald Trump's dead mentor. Okay, it's, it's, the title is called Bad Boy. And it's the story of Lee Atwater, who died in 1984. But if you Google search Lee Atwater and Donald Trump, you'll see them back in the day being buddy-buddy. Lee Atwater invented negative uh, politics. Huh. By far invented, by far. I mean, he attacked, so he ran the camp. He's, he got Bush elected, right? He got Reagan elected. I mean, Lee Atwater invented this and it's a science. Like if you read that book, you will see exact phrases that Lee uses that Donald Trump now is literally using word for word. I mean, literally word for word. So that was a good one. I just got done reading The Red Zone, which is about billionaire Red McCombs. And strategically, I just got done reading Vern Harnish's book, The Greatest Business Decisions of All Time. And uh, those are the three I recommend. And I'll tell you too, one of the ways, Eric, you probably know this, what's one of the best ways to like retain information for you? I drop a bunch of bullet points into Evernote and I just catalog them. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a great way. Also too, though, like when you teach all these webinars, when you teach other people what you've learned, it actually helps you learn it better. Mm, true, very true. Because you have to figure out how to explain it simply. Yep. So I am doing Facebook Live on nathanlacka.com forward slash Facebook. My book of day videos, they're five minutes each. I summarize the book in five minutes, give my biggest points, and then have a little discussion with the audience about it, which saves them five hours from reading the book, saves them 20 bucks from buying it, and I try and give them my best. So that's really helpful in terms of retention of information. Super smart. I mean, how's Facebook Live working out for you right now? Yeah, that's obviously, again, you probably notice about my schedule. I always try and get like three or four or five banks for my buck, right? So th it's actually working really well. I mean, we, I was expecting when I did this to get, you know, 10, 20 people tuning in live. I'm getting thousands. I mean, there are lines, there are crowds, they're huge. So this last video you see, Writing Riches, it was the book I reviewed on April 19th. I got 2,300 views and almost like 100 comments. So it, it's, it is working well for me in terms of engagement. But again, that's because I'm naturally, I think, really, really good. Maybe top 5% in the world of 26-year-olds on camera. I am totally going to steal that. I mean, the, the fact that you can summarize a book, any type of book that you read, and then retain that information afterwards and provide value and build an audience at the same time, that, that yep. seems like a no-brainer to me. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. 
Well, let's talk. I mean, you know, let's talk about building the audience a little bit. I mean, you you have one of the top podcasts out there. I mean, what did you know the number of downloads look like per month, just so the audience knows? Yeah, good question. So, first off, do you, were, were you? I'm trying to think. We were already connected before I did this, right? The podcast. Yeah, way before. Everyone told me I was crazy. I mean, I was launching it from Southwest Virginia in the mountains. Like you're in LA, like a media empire, New York, a media empire. They're going, Nathan, why the hell are you going to launch a podcast? And I said, you know what? I'm doing it because I want these episodes. And before you know it, about six months in, we hit 1 million downloads. And, you know, I'm, I didn't really know if, I, you know, look, I didn't know if that was good or not. So I took screenshots of the data from Libsyn, which is my podcast hosting kind of platform. I showed it to some of the, Eric, the top podcasters in the world. I mean, the ones you're thinking about right now, I showed it to all of them. I said, have you seen this before? And they're going, Nathan, what is that? Are you, is, what are you doing? This is, in, we've never seen a podcast grow this fast in business. So look, I think it's the fastest growing business podcast. We've passed over 1.6 million downloads and we're doing about a quarter of a million per month uh, this month. Uh, well, in the past three months, really. It's growing about 150% month over month. That's incredible. Just to give everyone context, I mean, you know, mine's mostly focused on, you know, the tech space, tech startup founders or entrepreneurs, right? And then we're at around 250K total downloads. So, I mean, Nathan is growing way, 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 way faster. Well, but yours, I appreciate obviously, Eric, that comparison, but you're also more curated, right? Your audience is more is more focused. Exactly. You know, you're going to see me very soon do two things. Number one, I'm going to replace myself as the host. And number two, I'm going to use this super generic, you know, the top entrepreneurs platform to launch industry specific podcasts, which will have smaller audiences, but more curated. Super smart. So I think there, there has to be a master strategy around this. You know, you're building this <laughs> audience right now, you're using live, you're building this network. And then you're, you're doing all this investing as well. What's what do you think the ultimate plan is? What are you going to do with this this audience ultimately? Well, look, I'm fairly certain. Actually, I'm very certain in the next decade or two decades, I will be buying things like Entrepreneur Magazine, like not just the subscription. I will be buying the business, the whole company, right? Entrepreneur Magazine. I will be buying radio networks that are old, right? And now, and, and these executives don't know what to do with them. You know, maybe I'm even buying a big network, right? Like a CNBC or, you know, a, you know, CBS or ABC or Fox, because new media dude over the next decade, oh my, it's going to change like you, you've never seen before. And these networks are, aren't going to be able to catch up. They're not as nimble as me. So the people that own the audience, which is now the individual host, right? Those are the ones that are going to win. So I am interested in producing talented people like what you're doing, right? And, and building them up and like strategically building your podcast into my network and vice versa to grow both audiences bigger than some of these like NPR shows, right? Because they have an old network to live off of. So now I master strategies is to produce amazing content. I'm going to build probably my own little network of curated content. And uh, at least that's what this is what people are saying, Nathan, you should do. So I mean, I'll probably do something like that. Super smart. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens there. This is why I'm telling everyone that, uh, you know, you better be watching Nathan Latka because he's going to do some big shit. And I have an introduction to make for you afterwards. Remind me about that. Okay. So one one big thing, I mean, you know, when people subscribe to your, your autoresponder, one thing I noticed was that you've done something I've never seen anybody do. You ask people to give you a call. What's the story behind that? What does that do for you? Well, nobody ever gives me a damn call. Pisses me off. I'm like, I give you my phone number. Nobody calls me. It's very weird. What it does, though, is it increases the reply rate by almost 35%, right? So the first email you get when you go to NathanLeica.com and opt in, you'll get an email with the subject line that says, hey, which gets about a 75.4% open rate. And there's no links to click in it. It just says, hey, I have five or 10 minutes. Shoot me a quick reply. How'd you find me? And then it says, PS, uh, if we've already met, here's my phone number. Feel free to call me, right? Like I'm talking to a friend, right? That's the key. And I get a, almost a 39% reply rate on that e- reply rate, not open rate or click through it reply people actually typing out words and replying to me. 
That's incredible, right? That's incredible. People would kill for that kind of open or click through rate, right, Eric? Right, totally. You know, standard open rates, we're, we're looking at 20 to 30% nowadays. You're saying the reply rate, actually getting people to take an action to, to say something back to you is, is 74%? 39%. 39%, which open is still incredibly high. Open rate, 74%. Reply rate, 39%. So what that does, it allows me to see where people are finding me. And then I, and then I can double down on those channels. So people will say, I saw your last book of the day on Facebook Live. Great, I should do more book of the day. Right? I can. It's like my way of putting my finger in the water and just testing the wind a little bit. Right. The second email that goes out on day two, it, it says in the subject line, I do, do we know each other? Question mark. Right? Again, very conversational. It gets a 63% open rate. This one has a link in it, though, and it's kind of abrasive. It says, listen, Eric, like, dude, you're in my house right now, but like, I have no idea who you are. So you need to either click here and introduce yourself or get the heck off my list and click here to unsubscribe. Right? So obviously, very few unsubscribe, less than 2%. The majority click the link, which takes them to a six-question survey with questions like, Eric, what's your biggest marketing challenge right now? What niche are you in? What's your ideal customer? Right? How, many, how much revenue are you doing annually? Right, And then they click submit. And I then use those survey functions as merge tags to customize future email marketing, which allows me to keep open rates and conversation and click-through rates way higher than industry average. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about this is you're, you're able to segment all these people out. You're able to figure out what their needs are exactly. And you're able to determine what you should be doing next in terms of business. And you're able to build relationships with these people. So I think it's super smart. That's exactly right. Cool. So I think what everyone should do here, the, the actual thing, if you want to hit numbers like this, is you go to NathanLatka.com. You know, we'll drop this in the show notes. You subscribe to his email newsletter. Try to see what elements you can copy. Don't copy it word for word, obviously. But here's the thing. If you do any type of marketing, you're copying people all the time. So there's no shame in it. Yeah. You, you By the way, copy. Look, you know, artists who think like they have to come up with something original and new every time usually just fail dramatically. It's way better to look at what's already working and copy the hell out of it. Right. And then do it better. Like understand what they're doing, copy it, and then add your own spin and do and that will usually make you do it even better. Right. I mean, that's how my next business, I will probably be doing exactly that. I will copy how CBS built itself back in the day. I'll understand what they did. I'll do it now, but I'll then apply new kind of nuances to it and I'll beat them. But yeah, reverse engineer the hell out of me. And look, by the way, Eric, I don't like that because I have to pay, right? Everyone that opts in, I have to pay a little bit to active campaign, a little more for it, the more contacts I have. So I actually hate that, right? But listen, go steal from me. Reverse engineer the hell out of it. Yep. Yep. That's, that's what I love. Sorry, everybody. Uh, you know, we're going to make Nathan pay a little more money here, but uh, you know, it's, it's going to be great uh, across the board because cool. it's great learnings. <laughs> cool. You know, one random question I want to ask you, you know, we have a few more questions here before we hop off. Um, random question. What do you eat every day? So every morning I have uh, four eggs, four legs of asparagus and an avocado for breakfast, along with a thing of lemon water. I then eat snacks like cliff bars and almonds in between breakfast and uh, lunch. For lunch, I have about five scoops of Greek yogurt mixed with chia seed, mixed with strawberries, mixed with kashi. And so I get a big bowl of that. And then I snack again between lunch and dinner. And then for dinner, I always have one chicken breast, about a half cup of brown rice, another avocado and spinach. And that's what I eat every day over and over and over every time. Where did you find this diet? What did you hire a nutritionist? What did you do to, to, to optimize this? No, there was no, I didn't hire a, I didn't study a course. I didn't study any of these, you know, Instagram accounts where these big buff dudes on it. I just, that was the easiest thing that I could produce for myself consistently, no matter what, like, so, so here's the thing. The reason people stop diets is because they can't stick to the habit. Like they travel and they go, well, where am I going to find this weird ingredient when I'm traveling? And then you break the habit and you lose that menu. I just gave you, you can, you can find all those things in any 7-Eleven or supermarket very easily. It's very easy to stick to, and the prep time is very, very low. And nutritionally, it does a few things. Like the lemon water in the morning is strategic, right? That they, It bounces your pH and 
gives you a bit of a boost and it's better than coffee. You know, I have protein, I have spinach, right? I have something green in the morning. Um, I like to eat things that are alive, right? Like greens and things like that. So there's nothing necessarily strategic there, but that's what works for me. Guys, this podcast itself is worth a couple of thousand dollars already. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Nathan's time, Nathan's going to not have time to do this in the future for sure. So I just want to let everybody know that this is probably one of the most valuable ones I've ever done. Why do you, hey, Eric, I'm curious. Why do you say that, man? Just because just we're going a million miles an hour? and Because I've been able to distill all the little tactics, all the, all the strategies that you do to, to help people be successful. All they really need to do right now is take action and be consistent with it. I mean, you're literally just repeating these habits over and over and over, right? You know, your, yep. your biography, uh, you know, strategy book, biography, strategy book, right? And it's, it's very specific too. Same thing with the diet. You do the same thing over and over and over, and then you, you, you leave yourself little room to fuck up, right? Yep. So I think it's really important for people to understand that it's, it's having good habits and building on them consistently. Cool, dude. Yeah. So Nathan, I mean, you know, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Yeah, so the best way, guys, is actually to go listen to my podcast. I get my personal phone number out there. You can just search The Top Entrepreneurs or you can go directly to nathanladka.com forward slash The Top iTunes. It's my face with a big orange kind of logo in the background. You can enjoy that. And then additionally, Eric, you know, one of the things that I, I really, I, I despise about most successful people is, and Eric, you probably have some of these people that come on your show in the past, but when you ask them to tell their story, they, they just lie. I mean, they just, and they don't do it on purpose. They, they just forget how tough it was. Like, so they, they just, they make it sound rosy and nice, right? They go from, you know, I created it to I sold it without saying anything in between, which makes it useless for the audience. So one of the things that I've done is I have actually documented all of my tax returns as I'm going through, you know, the sale of a business, the growth of a business. So if your audience wants my 2012 tax returns, obviously with my social security numbers blacked out, this will allow you to see how I'm actually making money, right? As a 24 year old to grow my wealth. You can go in there, just text Nathan to 33444 and I'll get you that instantly. That's Nathan to 33444. Love it, love it, love it. We'll drop that in the show notes for sure. I think you know we're going to get a ton of opt-ins here. And I think this has been great. So Nathan, thanks again for doing this. Eric, thanks for having me on, brother. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.